You've tuned into the Bellingham Podcast for the week of October 13, 2019. This is episode 133. From that over-caffeinated city by the Salish Sea, I am AJ Barsay. And properly filtered, I am Chris Powell. On this episode, AJ and I just stopped in to have a cup of coffee, friend. Yeah, we just dropped in to have a cup of coffee, friend. Been driving, hauling a load of grain all day long. Got about three more hundred miles to go. Don't you offer me none of that whiskey. Don't need no wine. Gotta get this episode down the line. Anyway, won't you join us for a while? This, you crazy cool caffeinated companion of ours, is the Bellingham Podcast. Before we begin, check this out. The many processes it must undergo are all devoted to creating good coffee with its secrets of aroma and body and taste to which the talents of millions of men are devoted during their lifetime. To which tradition, rich in the lore of centuries and faraway places, sets its fine hand to bring these three elements into precise flavor. The tastes of fine coffee extend over a wide range, but for each palate, there is a flavor that is just right. Around the world, they drink this beverage in its many exotic forms. Still podcasting you from 1961. How you doing, Chris? Oh, hey, the the caffeine is fully coursing through my veins, <laughs> even though I'm just dog tired. I have this inverse effect sometimes. Whenever I have a caffeinated cuppa, yeah. I often want to take a nap. <laughs> oh, that's bad. How about yourself? What's going on? Oh, not much. Just uh, enjoying getting getting back into the uh, the the perking of things with our our topic of uh, our our version of Oktoberfest. Absolutely, the the drink that keeps on drinking. Uh, we talked about the history of coffee in a lot of ways in episode one thirty two. Uh, back then, the the previous episode. Whenever you might be listening to it, let's talk about how different types of uh, contraptions, contraptions, uh, and other devices can brew that cup of coffee. Contraptions. Contraptions. You know what? We're making I, that a word. I'm not the only one that makes up words on this podcast. <laughs> just saying. All right, you're gonna bust my chops. Uh, no, no, know. I just liked it. Contraptions. But before we do that, your 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 hook. We went from. Uh, what the the leave it to beaver type of uh, intro last time to what the man in black like yes well actually the, uh, the, these are somewhat I I took liberties with it but this is a a song by Johnny Cash called strangely enough a cup of coffee complete with yodeling <laughs> and either drunk or high rambling lyrics if you listen to it on YouTube folks uh it's wacky, but I wanted to get something that would kind of relate to our show uh, du jour. Right, right. I, I, I knew I, I knew of Johnny Cash and Ring of Fire, and that's about as far as it went. And then when I saw this song, I was like, okay. Yeah, I believe this is, what, this is what the kids call deep cuts. Ah, uh, the deep cuts. <laughs> so, uh, so, AJ. Yeah. I, the, you're you're going to take the lead on this one because you have really gone over the top in our show notes. For the love of Vivian Campbell and Adrian Vandenberg, drink. Um, how does one – talk to us about craft coffee. 
So previously on the last episode, we kind of hit on the history of coffee itself, right? And so we were flashbacking into flashback, flashback, and whatever, dude. Get into your DeLorean. Get the everybody was flashbacking. Everybody was going way back in. Yeah, okay. Oh, that was bad. I know that was bad. (laughs) So anyway, we're gonna we're gonna take up where we left off back in that 17th century when coffee was booming back in Europe. You remember the 17th century, don't you? No, I I remember the 1970s, but that was about it. Well, we we kind of left off with this whole thing of like the Iberic, right? This thing that got kind of brought over um, from the Middle East, and that as well as coffee itself kind of made its way through this neo-Renaissance, and we got the coffee house culture, and that's where we left off. This episode, we're going to look at the evolution of technology, something you love. Uh, I love technology, and when you combine it with caffeine, it's a tasty combination. And this time, we're looking at the coffee contraption itself, the coffee pot. Perfect result every time. The beginning is the coffee pot. And there are as many varieties and types as taste will dictate. Yet, each is intended to do the same thing in a different way. To produce perfection in a coffee cup. So, uh, if you look at coffee tech as any technology, right? You've got innovation, you got ideation, and then things evolve, right? Uh, we got iteration. So... If you look at coffee tech, there's three points that really you're iterating on. You got coffee brew, the method itself, mm-hmm. you know, being more efficient or uh, adapting with the, the, the times. Coffee filtration, because if you remember that Iberic, you're actually taking hot water, coffee grinds, and you're slurping it all with, together, right? With the grinds in your teeth. Right, right. It's, it's all, it's, it's unfiltered coffee. Much like this podcast. <laughs> so the last one is grind, okay? And the reason why grind of the coffee becomes important is like, like we mentioned, the Iberic, that thing was the, the powdered donut of coffee grinds, right? Uh, for those of you who listened to the last episode and are listening to this episode, you need to visualize AJ holding his hand <laughs> outward and blowing on the palm because otherwise it just sounds like breeze or an anomaly. <laughs> He's actually like blowing a coffee ground kiss to you. Oh, that's a that's a way of putting Please continue. It. So anyway, with that said, all of these also control the level of um, strength of the brew mm. and also other things like acidity and 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 uh, other nuances of this herb or herbic drink that you're 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 basically making. So, let's kick off with it is um, coffee. How then do we make the perfect cup of coffee to our taste? Success lies in a single word, care. Three simple ingredients go into the brewing process. Water, coffee, time. Care will produce a perfect result every time. Well, the the easiest one, which is steeping process, right? So we had the abiric. Okay. There's also the French press, right? We we see this before, but if you look at it from an evolution standpoint, you've got the abiric, and then you have which is unfiltered, French press, filtered. So you, you it's the same process. You're basically taking coffee, you're throwing it in a bath of hot water, kind of like a tea, and in the abiric's case, you drink the tea with the the water that's been steeped 
Whereas a French press, you're pushing it down so that the top part is strained and all of those heavier grinds, which in this case, the grind could be a little bit coarser, that you mm-hmm. don't have to get as fine. And thus we have this innovation of a French press. So, okay, so, so we've got the steeping process, right? So if we move forward from that and we get this other column called pressure and siphoning, we get the espresso, right? 15 mm-hmm. bars of pressure gets built up somehow in a contraption, forced out and pushes those, again, very, very fine grinds to get espresso. Highly concentrated. You even mentioned that in, what was it, World War I or World War II, the Cup of Joe yes. came out of that, or no, the, the Americano came mm-hmm. out of that concept because of uh, its its concentration was so great that they had to water it down. Yeah, it was too strong for most things. In, in many ways, I'm going to draw an analogy. When great pressure is placed upon us, some of our best work could be done. In this case, it's the cup of uh, caffeinated liquid. Dun, 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 dun. That's dun, right. Dun, 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 dun. That's right. No, anyway. So so we have that. We also have uh, gravity-fed systems, right? We uh, commonly, if in your your house, you might be listening to uh, the Bellingham podcast on Camry 102.3 FM. They're always community-powered here in Bellingham, Washington on uh, 102.3. They air this very show Mondays at 6.30 p.m. and Thursdays at 6 p.m. And they also stream worldwide. On Camry.org. And... Uh, the reason why I mention that is because right next to your, you know, smart speaker that you're listening us to might be your coffee maker. Of course. And that is a drip coffee maker system. All it is is gravity, right? You've got a basket, you've got a filter, again, that filtration system kicking in, and you have hot water and it kind of uh, brews in that basket and slowly releases into a pot. Yes. So those are kind of the three echelons of, of coffee contraptions. You got the steeping process, you got a gravity process, and then you got a pressure and siphoning process. It's like the connoisseur craft coffee caffeination compendium. Whoa, that's an alliteration for that's coffee. That's what happens when the caffeine kicks into gear. Thank you very much. Wow. Which is your favorite? All of them, and we're going to get into that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So each of these categories yields a very different cup of coffee. Like we mentioned, espresso, when you have that high concentration of coffee, you get bouncing off the walls at a very small amount of volume of coffee. Whereas if you look at something like a French press, you have a larger amount of coffee that you can make, but it's more akin to um, like a drip, where you can make a big batch of it and uh, kind of keep it lingering um, as opposed to the sipping experience that you get with an espresso, right? You can right? nurse it during the day. There you go. You can nurse it during the day. That's right. So when we look at gravity feeds, let's let's take a look at something other than the atypical Mr. Coffee, the drip, right? We've got pour overs. It's not just for hipsters, kids. So pour over basically is the same thing as a drip coffee, except you're just doing it manually. That's it. Like that. That's it. You have a basket. You've got grinds. You got uh, a, uh, a filtration system. You pour hot water, and it drips out. It's still gravity. Same same thing. So the precursor to Mr. Coffee is Mr. Pour Over. Keeps it keeps it very simple, stupid. Now keeps it very simple, stupid. Now here's where I'm going to dive into a little bit of a, a wackadoodle uh, innovation. Chemex. Now, what's, what's Chemex? Is that something you put on your lips, like uh, lip balm? Actually, I think that's Carmex. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I thought that was what you got the information about what you were supposed to buy. Car- no, that's Carfax. Carfax. Sorry. Let's go back to Chemex. So Chemex, you've probably seen these, and this is this gorgeous-looking, beaker-looking thing with a wooden handle. Now, a lot of people, when you see this, you see this in uh, really uh, hipster, uh, top-shelf, cool-daddy-o kind of cafes, right? Um the backstory of Chemex Coffee Maker was actually invented in 1941. It's not something new, which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Peter, I'm going to probably slaughter his name, 
Schlumbaum. 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 Uh, PhD, <laughs> as a matter of fact. <laughs> Anywho, you should see Chris Dr. Powell's face. Dr. Dr. Schlumbaum, Schlumbaum, police report to caffeinated Dury. Dr. <laughs> Schlumbaum. <laughs> Moving on. So he um, he wanted to make something that was non-porous, uh, made from glass, and the 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 wooden collar, obviously, with the nice, beautiful-looking tie, was so that nobody would burn their hands because you're grabbing a beaker with hot liquid. Yeah, don't touch glass. It's really hot. No, nah, that's a bad idea. So um, out of it, he designed this thing. And, and and if you haven't seen one, there's a link in the show notes. Uh, drink. Drink. And uh, you see this in at the MoMA New York and stuff, this, this classic design. Um, what's cool about this is he was solving for this issue that happens with a lot of these different systems. And that is the, the craft that you or apparatus that you make the coffee in. A little bit of residual of the the flavor gets um, kind of tainted by the actual machine because it's glass. It's kind of the purest way to get that that true crisp flavor of the actual coffee without anything else kind of tampering with it. So as opposed to stainless steel or metal, metal or anything or like aluminum. that, yep. which has a higher burn rate, mm-hmm. glass. Uh, it doesn't seem to have many impurities that would affect or taint the uh, coffee flavor. Exactly. All right. I can see. I can work this out, too. Okay. Okay. So that's where the, the Chemex comes about. Now, when we look at, and those are all gravity feeds. So we've gone from steeping it to gravity. So let's go up to pressure. Commonly, we got the espresso machine. There's the the percolator, which is kind of the uh, kind of the sister to the espresso machine, is a siphoning system. This is where you have a basket of coffee, and uh, including in the, the the video that we've always kind of looped into mm-hmm. the series, it's it's something that is kind of the American, very Americana of of coffee makers. You've got the this typically metal craft. You've got a basket that holds the coffee up above, water down below, and because of heat. And and pressure, it gets siphoned up through a tube up into the basket and then drips back down, making a siphon of coffee. Now, in our, in our video, you'll notice that there's like the, the classic little glass top where the coffee pops up as it's, if it's, as it's siphoning or if you see Garfield in cartoons, that's when John opens up the pot and yes. it explodes. The taste of coffee heightens and increases until all that is good has been extracted. In this method of brewing, percolator, six to eight minutes over gentle heat and then the liquid is coffee from these grounds there remains nothing more to gain but bitterness no amount of cooking can extract another ounce of good taste not another iota of good flavor that type of system dates all the way back to the 19th century Okay. Okay. Where the earliest percolators were being designed. One of the more classic ones that everybody might uh, recognize is uh, made by a company called Bialetti, also commonly referred to as the Mocha Pot. This is that metal, usually it's an hourglass looking design where you've got a basin full of water, a basket full of coffee that's more ground a little bit finer to that of espresso, and again, it siphons up and catches it at the top of the hourglass, separating the water, the coffee, and then the coffee grinds, and then the formal brew that gets made. Um, All of these different methods also yield different acidity rates. How did acidity come into play just with heat and pressure? Well, and it's the beans probably. It, right? Well, partially it's the beans, but partially also these different methods. You got to remember the time it takes, which also is in that video, 
Time is of the it, essence. It, it, it takes coffee, it, water, water, and, and time. time. Yes. So time, the 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 amount of time that that heat and pressure and water stay in those grinds, it starts breaking down that herb, right? Okay. And, and because of that, kind of like when you get um, a tannic reaction out of like wine, right? The longer things are, mm-hmm. things build up, and then muck starts created, right? So Bialetti kind of helps separate that a little bit more so that you have uh, a faster process, kind of like espresso, and you catch it up on the top so that you have that clean, filtered uh, coffee taste. It was named after the Yemeni city of Mocha, not like mocha as in like a mocha. Right. Mocha laka this, one, this one's in Africa. Yeah. yeah. So it's ma- named after a city, and it was invented by an Italian engineer by the name of Alfonso Bialetti in 1933. Alrighty, sounds good. So let's fast forward a little bit more, and now we get into the 2000s. Okay. Okay, the 2000s are alive here in Bellingham. <laughs> Most definitely, <laughs> yes. Um, and, and a man by the name of Alan Adler steps onto the scene. Ever heard of him? Um, no relation to Steven Adler, drummer for Guns N' Roses. Of course you would know that. Of course. So uh, Adler was, this dude is... I have no other. I, I have no way to describe this guy other than tinkerer, tinkerer extraordinaire, professional tinkerer, inventor. Okay. Like this is a guy who designed instrument systems for military aircraft, nuclear reactors, submarines, and lenses for telescopes, as well as like flutes. Okay, so that's the answer to the question. What does it belong in this sequence? So he's just a very knowledgeable about right. things. Yes. Right. So one day. Uh, he got bored. Mr. Adler was just like, asked himself, self, you know, there's this long history going all the way back to ancient Egypt and such of how coffee was made. How in the 2000s could I make it um, a little bit easier, faster, and uh, portable for the working Joe oh, in yes. today's age who still appreciates craft coffee, coffee, who doesn't want it out of just a Mr. Coffee pot. Or a particular paper cup with a plastic lid from a drive-through. Bingo. Yeah. So he started work on on inventing what's commonly referred to as the AeroPress. I bought one uh, a number of years ago. And do you still use it? No. Why don't you use it? Because I'm lazy. Okay. But, but anyway. Okay. Well, send so all hate mail to Mr. Adler. At, I no. gave it a try. And here's full disclosure. You know, it's a cylindrical tube that you pour water in and you get your gr- grounds and stuff like that. And then you p- place this rubberized attachment and with pressure you slowly squeeze. Well, guess what? I'm a little bit too strong for my own good. And oh, I, no. and it kind of like uh, broke on me. You John buckled it, didn't you? Well, I, sure. Or I cooped it uh, if you're a college football fan. Um, and I, it, unfortunately, the water went splattering everywhere and the grounds went splattering everywhere. And it, it, I didn't do a good job with adhering to directions. But, but look at, look at Adler's design. Okay. Great so, design. I just screwed it up. Well, no, like think about the history that we just covered, right? We've got pressure, we got gravity, and we got steeping. And this device basically does it all. So you've got, you're right, you got a cylinder mm-hmm. that also has a filter at the bottom. You pour in the grinds. The grinds are a little bit finer, so you kind of get um, uh, more of an espresso concentration. Mm-hmm. Um, you, uh, it's minim, it's it's minimalist in design. Oh yeah, minimalist in cleanup, and that was his intent. Easy to wash. Easy to wash. You pour in hot water, so you're steeping it. 
kind of like the Iberic and the French press. You're going to use gravity or Hulk strength in your case yes. to press it down. And also it has that pressure that, say, uh, a siphon or an espresso machine builds up. And also you get um, what's interesting about that process that Adler des- uh, designed is because you're talking about maybe two, three minutes to make a cup of coffee. Uh, the acidity, as opposed to m- many of these other machines, is hyper low. So, for instance, if you were to take a cup of AeroPress and compare it to just a standard French press, right? Remember, in a French press, you're pushing the grinds all the way to the bottom. So they're still getting in contact with your cuppa as you're pouring it off. You're getting about one-ninth the acid, coffee bean for coffee bean, if you make it in AeroPress. So if you're tummy is a little Mm -hmm. bit um, reactive to say acid, an AeroPress might be up your alley to get your cuppa and also not cause ulcers. And you can also hit the snooze button a couple times and go through your morning routine, three minutes to knock out a cup of coffee on your way to work. And it's better for your gut if yeah. you have a weaker constitution than some. Uh, double bonus. Right. Um, Just be careful when you're pushing down on it. Don't be like Chris. Uh, <laughs> actually, take your time <laughs> pushing down on it. Puny podcaster. Yes, exactly. Um, and then also by comparison, if you wanted to take an AeroPress cup and, and compare it to like a drip coffee, you're getting about one-fifth of the acidity. This is something I'm looking at because they announced the AeroPress mini traveler light, something like that. Um, link will be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. If you um, haven't done this already by now. Largely because I want something and I've been looking for something so that when I'm backpacking or on the road with my kiddo, I can make a fast cuppa with just needs of hot water. Because Lord knows some of those economical hotels you might be staying at, uh, they may not have the craft connoisseur coffee pot available for you. You got to roll your own in some cases. Yes. So lastly, let's fast forward uh, to, uh, we're going to, we're going to fast forward to 2004 and then kind of rewind a little bit. Pod-based brewing. The pods. The pods. Yes. You know, the the return of the pods, invasion of the pods. It's a polarizing subject. Some people love it. Some people don't. So there is kind of two camps when it comes to the pods, right? You've got highly, uh, I mean, you program it, it's there waiting for you. Um, there's two camps. You got Nespresso and Keurig, right? You got the environmentalists that kind of push back and say, oh, we're making more waste and stuff. Um, Nespresso, I believe, has kind of addressed that over the years because their pods are, I believe, are recyclable. And I think Keurig has also gotten on board with that. But these two methods, a lot of people, before we got on the mic, like, you know, we were talking about Keurig and full disclosure, like we have a Keurig in the office and mm-hmm. stuff. And it is, it's super fast. It's, it's, it's one one cup, one kill type of a thing. You don't have to make a pot. There's not a lot of waste with regards to the actual coffee. When do you think Keurig came onto the scene, Chris? No frigging clue, even though I got show notes in front of me. So the original single-serve brewer known as Keurig uh, was founded in Massachusetts in 1992. 92. So 92. And basically in about, I don't know, the early aughts to 2004, that was when they hit their peak. Okay. Okay. And uh, I mean, you still see them a lot in, 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 they were kind of going after the office market. They were like, hey, people, if the, if they're, if they're on the go, they can't afford, say that, that white cuppa um, that's $4.99 mm-hmm. a cup. Uh, maybe they, they left the house in a go and they can't make it. So let's have something 
um, in the office that people can just push a button, grab it, and get to their next meeting. It's great for individual individualized uh, choices in case you have a, uh, someone who needs decaf yeah. or doesn't want to ingest caffeine. You got different flavors mm-hmm. for your inner child, and now you can have these little cup thingies. Uh, uh, here's a selection of them. And Hyper-personalized, There right? you go. So let's rewind even more. So Nespresso, which here in the States has just kind of budded on the scene for now the second time, but Nespresso... You know, when when would you think that they they came on came on the scene? European, um, I mean, they're known by Nestle. Yep, I'm not sure. So I didn't realize this, but uh, Nespresso is over 30 years old. Back in the 80s, huh? They predate Keurig. Now here's the thing: in 1986, okay, basically Nespresso really targeted Swiss households with this like. Termix C100 machine, and they built in this concept of the Nespresso Club. Now, this is something that we see today in technology, right? Mm. You buy an iPhone, you get into the App Store. Okay. Buy their machine, you get into the Nespresso Club. Right. And they introduce the different pods, the different coffees. You know, they're all sealed, so they keep better. La, 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 la. Freshness, right? Yes. Well, they also, they were smart back then because they were also targeting airlines. You know, you're in primo class and all you need if you're the uh, flight attendant to make that primo cup of coffee for those first class people is how many pods do you need it's lightweight you just need one machine it's super fast there you go and portable too so you don't have to store a big old thing of beans and uh, exactly. grinds and stuff like that so really nespresso was on the scene a lot but again it's making espresso where keurig is predominantly that cup of joe that we're used to here in america and that's kind of the delineation of the two um, but Nespresso has been making a lot of leaps and bounds, try to break into our market to kind of get into that share. And thus we have um, the next phase of our history, which is, well, once you have these different methods, how does one hack their, their cuppa, Chris? That's a good point. But I'm going to go back, AJ, because oh. you said all of them. But I got to ask you, we talked about the <laughs> grind. We talked about the uh, pressure. We talked about gravity and steeping. And we talked about Nespresso. And uh, Keurig, what is your favorite if you had to choose between okay. all of what you just discussed? Okay, so if I had to pick my favorite, I, and it's actually later in my show notes, but okay. I, I prefer espresso. I really do. Cool. Um, I'd rather be sipping on my cuppa as opposed to chugging my cuppa. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I also like that kind of the, the flavor of that, that concentrated flavor of espresso and stuff. I prefer that method. But I am very coffee curious, as you sure. know. You've seen all the gizmos and gadgets. Oh, I have yeah. a Bialetti. Uh-huh. You know, I want to get an AeroPress. Yep. Um, I, you know, I have a friend that has an espresso. We have Keurig at the office. Like, I like them all. They all serve a purpose. And what, what I love about it is, again, if you think of it from the concept of the evolution of take beans, hot water, and time. Yes. That's where we get today. But I could take things one step further. Of course you I can, I did Chris. a little bit of research in preparation for this because, you know, uh, as we're talking about ways to enhance or turbocharge your coffee, consider eating grapefruit along with your cup of coffee. Wait, what? You heard me. According to SpoonUniversity.com, that's right, Spoon University, I go everywhere on the net to find this information. Eating grapefruit along with your coffee, it stays in your bloodstream longer. Something in the grapefruit, and all you scientists or nutritionists out there could probably speak to this. I'm neither, so therefore I won't uh, pause it. But if you have some grapefruit along with your cup of coffee, it may give you a little bit more of a sustained jolt. Huh. Uh, along those lines, since coffee's, uh, I mean, since uh, grapefruit's a little sour yeah. and coffee could be a little bitter, what do you do to h- handle that bitter coffee face? 
Well, if you uh, happen to check out a study that showed that sodium ions suppress the bitterness in coffee and actually enhance its flavor, add a pinch of salt to your coffee. Huh. Have you ever done this before? No. You haven't? No. Okay. Um, you know, everyone adds sugar or other yeah. sweetness. What if you were to add a little bit of salt? Hmm. We put it on watermelon, don't we? Or yeah. some people well, do. I do. Yeah. My, my wife still thinks that's weird. Sorry, and, honey. And, oh, but does your wife think it's bad to put salt on dark chocolate? Well, she doesn't like dark chocolate, so yes. All right, bad example. <laughs> For the rest of you that enjoyed chocolate, a little bit of pinch of salt could be helpful. Give it a try sometime. Also, you have some grounds, mm -hmm. finely ground coffee. Uh, if you add heavy cream, condensed milk, mm. and warm water. I know we're going with this one. Of course you do, because it's a tasty treat. Uh, mix it and freeze it overnight, and... You got yourself some no-churn coffee ice cream. Yeah. This tip was brought to you by my favorite coffee company name ever, the Death Wish Coffee Company. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> got a link to in the show notes, and please. Drink. That's right. Um, also, should you want to have a DIY thing, let's just say you're going camping. Of course. Uh, consider make ready-to-go coffee bags by scooping ground coffee in a coffee filter and tying it up. Ah, that's, yeah, classic way of doing it. Then you take your DIY pouch in a cup of hot water or some kind of canteen, kettle, yeah, camping, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever have you. Jet and oil. There you go. And brew it just like you would a cup of tea. Right. So here's the steeping process yeah, yeah. And that filter. you mentioned. And filter it. That one came to me from Better Homes and Gardens. Did you realize that they're not just one of those magazines that middle school kids sell for a fundraising project? They're also an online website of information. Fun fact, that's actually how the original French press was created, was that, that same story. Basically, somebody needed to filter out their coffee, and they actually got, apparently from like an Italian merchant, mesh. And thus, that's where the first idea of a French press, it was two Frenchmen that needed to filter their coffee. There you go. Fun so, fact. I mean, bring these along with you for your trips. Yep. Make, make sure it's dry uh, coffee grounds, of course, as ah, opposed yes. to the wet stuff. But <laughs> anyway, um, should you want to make your own syrups, got a couple links available for you. Vanilla bean, blackberry. Have you ever had blackberry coffee? I have, mm, actually. Okay. Uh, cinnamon, brown sugar, and almond Ooh, now that I haven't had. Exactly. Kind of like a cherry flavor. There are it? recipes available to you to create your own syrups, not just for coffee, but if you made that coffee ice cream, what if you drizzled mm. that over the top? Hello. Mm. Hello. Do you hear me now? Mm. And then finally, uh, a, a guess what's coming uh, on the horizon, folks? Holiday gift season time. Of course. Yes. Should you want to make uh, uh, your own DIY holiday gift for your friends and family, how about a coffee candle? What? You heard me. So popsugar.com, I love their name. I don't really visit their website that much. But this, in this case, it was rather interesting. Take a small paper coffee cup. Okay. You know, like the typical one yeah, you might find. It, yes. Get one to two tablespoons of used coffee grounds. So here's a way to uh, okay. sustainability. What, a paper towel. One cup of wax candle remnants. So these candles that you that aren't the full burn, you know, just put them uh, put them inside a small saucepan. Uh, get Melt a candle wick mm -hmm. and some scissors to be able to do it. Small metal or glass mixing bowl. Hmm. You mix the coffee grounds with the somewhat melted candle, 
And then stick a wick in there. As they light it, it burns some of the coffee and you get that huga aroma in your house. Huga aroma. That's a good one. Huga aroma. That's your million dollar idea. Uh, this is, these are This is your six pack of fun ways to <laughs> hack your coffee. You heard it right here. I dig it. Uh, I have some links in the show notes kind of along the same lines. One, if you're in the Spokane area, which we are not right now. Hello to everyone in Spokane. I got to give a shout out. Please do. So um, I, when I have to go over to the Inland Empire, there is one place that is the goods of my book. What is it? Indaba Coffee. So, Sup Indaba. They are, I'll have a link in the show notes, and they're basically this coffee house on, led by an entrepreneur um, with a little bit of a social cause with how they, uh, some of their proceeds uh, for their, their sales. What's cool is their, I think it's their flagship store, because I think there's like two or three in the city of Spokane. You can actually request your coffee be made in these apparatuses that I mentioned. If you want to have a Carmex coffee, you can request it. You can have it espresso. You can have it pour over. You can have it. I think they even do AeroPress. Like if you have a palette for a certain thing, they've got the mechanism for it, which I thought was really cool. That's that's a whole lot of gear available to you to get even more customized on your uh, cup of Java. Yeah. And so that's Indaba Coffee. They're the goods in my book. Uh, And then the other two that I have is if you're used to lattes and you're trying to cut back on your sweetener intake, if you don't want to get... If you're trying to get away from that heavy sugar that usually gets put into your latte, if you're making them at home or if you're out and about, ask your favorite barista if they can make you either a honey latte or a maple latte. Interesting. Here's why. Typically, what they'll do is in the the, the milk or, or the, the whatever milk substitute you're using, they'll put in, there's such thing called coffee honey. It actually is honey harvested from bees next to coffee plants, and it has a very different, distinct taste. I have a jar at home. Are, are these caffeinated bees? I hope so. They are <laughs> certainly a buzz, Chris. Oh, snap. I've waited a week you to do that You went there, you. and I set you up for it. <laughs> Moving on. So uh, check, uh, try that out. If you're, if you're a fan of um, the holiday season and you want that holiday flavor in your cuppa, and you're like me and you hate pumpkin spice lattes. Preach. Ask if they can do a maple latte instead. Um, basically, same thing. They use maple, and of course, it's more of a natural sugar as opposed to like cane sugar. It might be better for you. I'm not saying it is or it isn't, uh, but it sure is tasty. Two kinds of maple syrups to look out for, folks. Run amok. Run. A-M-O-K. Run amok. Run amok maple based out of Fairfax, Vermont. They are Skookum. Okay. They have the one. The Skookum. Oh, they are Skookum, dude. They've got one that is like this vanilla cinnamon. And dude, that is my replacement. Next time you're over, I'll make you one of these coffees. All right. Sounds good. It kills pumpkin spice. Okay. And it's, I'm going to say it's healthier for it's you. It's countercultural in a lot of ways, but oh so tasty. And then here locally, uh, semi-local, Woodenville Whiskey Distillers. Down in Woodenville. Ye- dig that place. Yep. They also, fun fact, have a barrel-aged maple syrup. So the bourbon barrels, or whiskey barrels, I can't remember which, yeah. they take those and they cask up maple syrup, some of the best syrup I've had. Full stop. Good to know. Um, really rich flavor and super great if you want to make yourself a maple latte. Very good. And then last but not least, my, of course, stamp of approval. If you want a minimalist way to have fun and have espresso, 
Look at Chimera. They're made out of uh, Messina, Sicily. Um, they're they're a stove top or range top espresso maker. Real small. That's uh, look in episode. Help me out here. Forty, fifty something. I'll another pick one. Just listen to all of our shows. You'll find it. Um, where where I had you over, and that's the machine that you hear in the background where I made you a cuppa yes. based off of that machine. Oh yeah, no, it was really good. Yep. So that that's my last my last uh, uh, plug is the Chimera. Very good. Well, dare we uh, put a swizzle stick into this show? I think this has been a very espresso of an episode, and that wraps it up for this 133rd edition of the Bellingham Podcast. Thank you again so much for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us, wherever you like to get your podcasts. Remember, if you are drinking your coffee in the city of subdued excitement, you might be listening to us on KMRE 102.3. They're community-powered on the terrestrial radio and streaming worldwide at kmre.org. And on that steep gravity pressure note, let's grind it. I'm AJ Barsay. <laughs> grind yourself, leave me out of it. I'm Chris <laughs> Powell. Thanks once again for joining us on the Bellingham Podcast. Under pressure. That's where it came from. Like, yes, good baseline. When you do the snap, though, that's the vanilla ice, ice, ice baby. Oh, snap. That's right. Thank you.